Um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, don't awaken love before it's time. Don't awaken love for time. Who can tell me a little bit about what that, you think that means or implies? Yes, we are. You don't know what's love. I'm going to read something. I'm going to kind of break it down real briefly. <clears throat> so make sure you take notes on this because I can tell just from conversations I've had with students, um, just what I've observed that this time of the year or there are possibly struggles when it comes to love, relationships, and the pressures that come with them. I'm going to read it. It says, Valentine's Day can sometimes act as a societal pressure, creating expectations for young people to be in relationships or express romantic feelings prematurely. I'm reading again. Valentine's Day can sometimes act as a societal pressure, <clears throat> creating expectations for young people to be in relationships or express romantic feelings prematurely. So, a lot of these holidays that has been created have satanic uh, uh, essences to them. And a lot of the things that's been portrayed throughout society can some way tempt us to engage. If you look at Christmas, Christmas is more of a pagan holiday than it is about Christ himself. There's a reason why it's on December 25th. There's a reason why it's in certain uh, times, times of the year because of things that happens in the satanic world, all that kind of stuff. And so... Just because it's a holiday doesn't mean that we should engage because, and I'll give you some backdrop, we know that we are spirit beings, right? So we are a spirit, we have a what? And we live in a what? Body. Now, since we're spiritual beings, we have to be to some degree spiritually alert. And sometimes when we live in these two domains, our soulish realm and our bodily realm, we feed that most than we do our spirit man. And so anybody with spiritual eyes can see the, the, the satanic or the, the carnality that comes with certain holidays. Because when you think about Christmas, what do you think about? Besides Jesus, most people think about what? Santa, gifts, presents, lights, cameras. No, I'm joking. But people begin to think about those things versus the gift that's present in all of our lives, which is Jesus Christ himself through his spirit. And Valentine's Day is no different. It has been romanticized. It has been creating a pressure. You don't have to raise your hands, but I'm pretty sure the, the hand inside of you can raise your hand if this applies to you. That how many of you all, don't raise your hands physically, are pressured at this time? Or are in a place where you wish that you had somebody? Or you're in a place where you like, oh, I have somebody, but this body is just here to make my Valentine's look like I'm, I'm, I'm looking good, right? If you have that struggle, then it stems from a particular area. Come on in, family. And a lot of that issue stems from fatherlessness, stems from broken homes, Stems from pressure at home, and now all of a sudden, now we're looking for love. Maybe you haven't heard this phrase before, but you heard the phrase looking for love in all the what? Y'all, wrong place. Okay, your mama, your mama told you about that. So, looking for love in all the wrong places. And then, if you go looking for love in all, all the wrong places, then you're not going to get the right kind of love. And so, right now, you may feel pressured. 
because of society's pressure with all the red hearts and the, the cupids and the and the chocolates and 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 on that school day or that weekend you got to watch all these people's stories of how they was with their boo and and look at all these stories about alluding to who their valentine is and now you're sitting at home like man i wish i had but you do have you have the greatest love that could ever be or have, and that's Jesus himself. A love that doesn't uh, break up and get back with, or a love that is not uh, uh, confused, a love that's present. So Valentine's Day can sometimes act as a societal pressure, creating expectations for young people. Now, what is unrealistic expectations? Unrealistic expectations is what? It's in the word. I mean, you see what you... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead. <clears throat> Expectations that never happen or... Yeah, good. What else? Unrealistic. It's unrealistic. Yep. Meaning that uh, uh, a lot of... And, and, and as a, a person that, that's in this life with you all, your brains have been so hyperly matured that it's miles ahead of your physical maturity. Because of what you're access to, because you have access to social media and all these different glimpses of love and relationships, you think you can handle it. My friends, <laughs> there's a lot of adults who can't handle love at that level. That's why the Bible says, don't awaken love before it's time. I love that verse because it says there is a time for love. There is a time. And, and, and you know how it is uh, 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 when you're excited about something. You're like, man, I can't wait till that time. But it's better for you to wait for that time, because if you awaken love for its time, you awaken a monster. Right now, for those who had a relationship or have been caught up in feelings, you already know that that the healing takes longer than the actual relationship. I counsel people all the time, coach people all the time. They've been together for two years, but it took them seven years to heal from that two years. Now, what happens with those seven years? Now they're in and out of relationships. They're, they're, they're still looking for all these, this, this, this filling of the void. But no matter who you want to love you, no matter who you want to love, nobody can fill that God-sized hole in your heart but him. So if you create these unrealistic expectations of, 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 man, having a boyfriend, having a girlfriend, having a significant other makes me Something that, my friend, you're, you're measuring yourself by the wrong measuring stick. It says creating expectations for young people to be in relationships or express romantic feelings. Let's talk about in relationship. We, you heard me say this about relationship. What are the three words in relationship? Relation. Relate. Ships. Ships. And what's the word in the middle? Shun. <laughs> on. I mean, it's not in there, but it's in there. You know, relate, shun, on, ship. Yeah. All right. Now, the thing that I want to talk to you about is relatability. Relate means that I have something in common. If you don't know your purpose, you won't know your person. Jesus was about his father's business at what age? Twelve. He didn't allow anything to distract him because he was on mission. He only connected to things that related to him or related to his purpose. Now, what do ships do? Sail. 
Sale. Now, would you bore the shit with a hole in the side of it? Why? It's going to sink. See, life, it don't matter about how much water is around you. It's the water that gets in you that sinks you. Also, ships go where? To their destination. Do they go to random destinations? No. So why would you get with a guy who don't even know where he's going? Why would you let a girl on your ship who's going to, the Bible says it's better for a man to be on a rooftop than the house with a contentious woman? These are biblical principles. That's not just something. Oh, that was cute and colorful. Oh, that that person is a poet. <laughs> no, these are principles. Principles that if you pattern your life off of will save your life. So if you don't even know God, if you and God can't relate and if you and you can't relate, then who are you going to relate to? What was the price for God to relate with us? Let's go back to Genesis three. What happened in Genesis three? The fall of man. How did man fall? Disobedient. Now, before the fall, man and God was in perfect what? Relationship. Now, when Eve ate the fruit and Adam, who was with her. Now, that's crazy. Adam was with her. That's sad. You know what that means? I assume when I was y'all, I thought Adam was like five trees down. And then Eve ran to Adam. Hey, y'all, man, taste this, babe. The Bible says Adam was there for the conversation. (laughs) And sometimes when you love the gift that was given, then the gift giver, then you'll fall to the prey of what the gift wants to feed you. So what I'm trying to say is, is that when Adam, now, now, did the fall happen when Eve ate? When did the fall happen? Why did it fall with Adam? He was, he was the head of that house. Now, do you now it alludes to me. This, there's no scriptural bounds for this. This is just my imagination tapping into the scenery. Now, if Adam would have said, yo, I'm not eating that. Do you think Adam didn't have just one rib? God would have put him back to sleep. I said, All right, that rib didn't work. I'm going to pull this other rib out. But because Adam went with it, it broke relationship. Now, before, and what's beautiful about the text, if you read it, it says that God in his mercy still clothed them. And what did God articulate to all of creation about uh, a relationship with him again? He said that the womb of the woman will bruise his head and you will bruise his heel. So before the foundation of the world, the Bible says Christ was slain. Why is that so pivotal? That Christ was slain. Before the foundation of the world. Why is that pivotal? It was already planned. So if he was slain before the foundation of the world, that implies that love knew. That's why when people who've heard the phrase love is blind, who's heard that before? That's the biggest lie on earth. One of top five. Probably. Show. Yes, probably. Probably a book, too. But love is not blind. Infatuation is blind. So when Adam ate from that fruit and all that happened, man and God was separated temporarily. The price for love cost the life of a God. 
Jesus come in the scenery. And I love that about how God, God is so genius that he created the woman's womb for perfection to come through. Do you know you don't have your mother's blood? You have whose blood? Your father's blood. Right now, uh, I heard, I've seen this meme on social media. It was his daughter talking to her, her mom, and she was bragging about how he, you can leave him, but I can never leave my dad because me and my dad are the same blood. Like he's more, she was just joking. She was like, he's more me than you are him. So what she was saying is, I'm blood of his blood. So God created a way through a woman's womb where the woman's sinful blood could not cross with divine blood, creating an open door for Jesus to come through. With that process, love didn't just walk to the cross, boom, boom, bada bing, gone. No, love was beaten for you. Love was stripped for you. Love was unrecognizable by his own mother for you. And if a man or a woman is not willing to die, not willing to be crucified, not willing to live a life that you should and to die a death that you were supposed to, then you ain't going to be able to relate because if you relate to God's love, then what will happen for your love for yourself? When you know that you're God's beloved and you're treasured by him, Valentine's Day will be another day in a week. <laughs> You'll be like, oh, oh, that, that, oh you, you only know it's Valentine's Day because when you walk into Walmart, you'll be like, oh, man, all this red. Oh, it's Valentine's Day. Okay. All right. It's coming up, right? 14th, February, right? But if me and God, if the price of Christ was so significant, because what will make God relate to us again? Separation in Eden over here. And what was given to us for God to look at us and say, oh, I relate now. What was that? Or oh, who was he? No, no, no. The Holy Spirit. So when God looks at you now, there's something in you because God can't relate to sin. So when he looks at you without his son's blood and without his spirit in you, he can't relate. I can't relate to sin. But when he sees his spirit in you and he sees his son's blood on you. Oh, now we can approach the throne room boldly now because love made a way. And if love made a way, then, man, there's a way to love. Relatability means do we have something in common? Have you been someone designed for me? That's why the enemy wants to disrupt the way you view love at this age, because he knows if you awaken uh, sexual uh, or romantic uh, romantics or, or if you awaken that your body can't handle that, your body cannot handle being touched. Your body cannot handle. That's why kids who've been molested or abused, they're confused even to this day because their body was awakened to something that they can't put back to sleep. You can't you can't put to sleep certain things. There's certain appetite you can. But what I'm saying is, is if you don't have the knowledge of God and have that disciplines. But that's why it's important to say, OK, I can't allow this season. To cause me to uh, 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 exercise or experience things out of season. So also relate. Relate also implies that I got to relate to myself. Do you know a lot of you all, if I'm honest, don't even know the real you? Like when I was y'all's age, I didn't like me. I didn't relate to me. I didn't like that I had a gift of helping people. I didn't like my hospitable gift. I didn't like my advice giving gift. I didn't like it. I wanted to, I wanted to dunk so bad to the point where I had those weighted vests 
and I had a little jumping shoes. I walked on my tippy toes all day just because I saw that when people dunk, oh my gosh, the crowd is jumping. Oh, I wanted to express gifts that I didn't have. But then as I got on, I said, man, I am amazing. <laughs> I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous. Wonderful are your works, O oh God. My soul knows it well. And your soul has holes. The reason why you want to be held so bad, the reason why you want love so bad is because you have holes in your soul. If your soul doesn't know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, do you, you'll allow anyone onto your ship or you'll board anyone's ship. It says at creating expectations for young people to be in a relationship. Let me, I'm going to say this loud and proud. It's OK not to have somebody. It's actually it's better to have nobody. Paul talks about when you're single, you can do more for the kingdom of God. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love being married, but I maximize my singleness, which made my marriage enjoyable because I don't want to go back. I've done all of that. But for you, you got to say, hey, man, love is bigger than just social media posts. Love is bigger than just saying, hey, girl, yeah, oh, he get on my nerves. Oh, my God. Here he goes texting me again. Oh. It's bigger than just the, the surface stuff. Because just think about an ocean. When you step five feet into the ocean, are you drowning? Because five feet in the ocean may get you to your knees, right? The, it, I'm not five, I mean five feet in, not five feet deep. I'm sorry. You walked five foot steps into the water. <laughs> the water is hitting your shins, right? The devil wants you just to come out into the seas and just say, okay, this ain't bad. He says, come a little further. Oh, okay, it's at my waist. It's not that bad. Then all of a sudden you go so deep in and now you're drowning in something you was meant to walk on. That's why you got to start thinking, hey man, listen, yeah, I'm single, great. Actually, when you look at people that's in relationships, you can almost say, man, like I, you can you don't have to worry about entertaining nobody. You don't have to worry about the, uh, the ebbs and flows. You don't have to worry about the art because y'all at this age, let me be honest with you. Miss McCullough can attest. You all, if we're honest, you do not have the capacity. It's not about that, that you don't desire. You don't actually have the mental, emotional and physical capacity to handle what comes with love. Love is what? Patient. Love is what? What else? Who doesn't envy? Let's start with patient. Are you, if you ain't even patient with yourself, how are you going to be patient with someone else? If you're not even kind to yourself, how can you be kind to someone else? If, what else? Patience, is, uh, love is patience, kind, gentle. Look at what the Bible, that's not something that's poetic. That's a principle. And that's why when you entertain something due to the expectation society-wise, you are not going to have the capacity to handle when that boy don't text you back. Y'all can't even handle being left on red. <laughs> you get left on red for five minutes, you and your feelings. That shows that if you always in your feelings, then you can't fulfill the role of a relationship because relationships take work. All right, the, it says, uh, or express, express romantic feelings prematurely. Expressing feelings, romantic. What are some romantic feelings that people just, oh, I can't wait to express? What are some of those feelings? What are some of those feelings? Touching, yep. What else? 
Kissing. Kissing. Yep. We get real that. We get real. We get real. Um, affection. Affection. Uh, and the last one shall remain unnamed. Oh, uh, the unnamed. Right? We know what that is. It's three letters, right? Now, expression can be dangerous because life, love is not measured by feelings. And that's why I, I empathize with you all because You've heard me say this, that your brain hasn't fully developed. This part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, is the area of reasoning and logic. That part of your brain is not developed until you're 25. It's not fully developed until you're in your 20s. So that's why a lot of people, when they're 30, they're like, man, I did some dumb stuff. <laughs> and when I look back at the people I did, I'm like, man, I was, whoa, what was I thinking? Because I wasn't thinking, because I couldn't think at that level. Love is not about feelings. And I think that's what got a lot of people confused. It's all about how he makes me feel, how she makes me feel, how they make me feel. Love is about facts. <laughs> Love knows. Love, uh, that's why when young girls come to my office and they'll be like, uh, uh, I really love him. Like, give me three factual reasons. Give me three solid reasons why you love him. And you know what they say? It's all surface stuff. And I say, you don't even know, you don't even know yourself enough to know what you deserve. And guys, too. Love thinks. Love says, do I even, can I even handle this right now? When you know that you love by God and you love yourself, you will, love will set limits. No, you can't touch me. No, you know, it's nothing wrong with having your first kiss until you marry. It's nothing wrong with saying, I can't have affection right now because this right here has destroyed more people than anything. Because anybody who's ever been touched by a guy, touched by a girl, touched by an adult, you, you can't even really process because you, you don't have the mental capacity to process a touch. That's why with certain women, even women at church, I don't just hug women. Like, you, you, don't, you don't deserve to have that. I don't know what tingles you. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't got time for me to create a tingling in you. No, I don't want you even. But that's what touching does. I mean, one time I was uh, minding my business, talking to this woman's husband. And, and, and she comes up, hey, Minister Ezzy, the husband didn't know she rubbed my back. I said, oh, okay, that, that's what time you're on? Okay, <laughs> all right, so you're not happy at home? Okay, that makes sense. So now I know to stay away from you because <laughs> you're rubbing on people's backs that ain't your back, right? And also kissing, like, man, do you know kissing is more intimate than this three-letter word for a lot of people? That's why you got people that'll have sex, but they won't kiss the person because kissing is like face-to-face, <laughs> Affection, like I just want to be held, man. Nobody can hold somebody attractive for long without trying to do something. It ain't possible. No, like, like that's why you can't uh, you can't be looking for these different things because then you want to express, and then the world advertises all these different types of expressions of love, holding hands and hugging, and hugging leads to sitting on the lap. Lap starts rubbing, and then rubbing leads to grinding, grinding leads to wanting to go in. It never ends. Lust has no boundaries. Lust says, I'll take you far. Do you think people wake up and want to be gay? That's why I said, don't play with gay. You play with gay, you'll bend over in front of somebody. 
Didn't Cat Williams say that? Didn't Cat Williams talk about? Listen, <clears throat> that's real. I'm telling you, laugh. You're laughing now. But that's why I tell people, like, what happens with pornography? Just for the guys and girls. You'll go from watching a girl by herself, then you watch two girls, and then when you start watching a girl and a guy, what you watching? Then you're going to be like, you know what? I wonder what that's going to be like. You're laughing, but I've counseled some people that look like grown, strong men. Flaming. And that's why you can't play with lust, because lust will take you further then you want to go. And now you want to express. That's why if you look at some of the guys, I'm like, why? Like even with some of the varsity boys, I'm like, why y'all, why y'all like to tackle and wrestle so much? Why do you like to pick each other up and like, like, bro, like why, why are you grabbing each other's thighs for? Like, this is real. It's because you're entertaining something that's wrestling inside of you and you don't even know what you're expressing. And then once you express it long enough, long enough, then you actually want it. That's why you got to be very careful with the societal pressures, which seems subtle. It seems subtle right now. Oh, we just want to we just want to be cute. It's just taking you deeper and deeper into the water. To the point to where you're so drowning in this thing called love. That you'll never rise above. Says the commercial, the commercialization of the day, coupled with societal norms, might lead individuals to feel compelled to participate in romantic gestures, even if they are not emotionally ready. We said we're three part beings, right? We're what? Uh, spirit, soul, body. Your soul houses your emotions. I'm just going to leave just the emotions there. It houses more stuff. It says when you're compelled to participate in romantic gestures, even when they're not emotionally ready, like, like when me and my wife argue, it ain't how ratchet people argue. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't super emotional. In that first year of our marriage, we got emotional because we was like, this is new and you getting on my nerves. <laughs> right? But... The more we matured in our marriage, we don't get emotional when we're upset because we've learned some principles about relationships, meaning that I can't expect this relationship to sail if there's more waves on the boat than outside the boat. If we're the ones rocking it because we're mad at each other, then we're causing ourselves to self-destruct. And this is just from someone that's not trying to tell you what to do. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you don't be in a relationship. I'm just trying to teach you oh, thank you, swear, on why it's not beneficial because can you really handle and I have, I have people right now that's struggling with this because they'll be in a relationship and they'll break up with a person and that person moves on so quickly and all of a sudden that person would be like but what about me? Was I worth staying for? Now you're emotionally turbulent that you can't even focus on your purpose. Now let's keep going. This pressure can potentially result in young people entering relationships hastily. What's that word? That means too quickly. Without adequate time for personal growth and self-discovery. You and I need time to develop. Personal development and self-discovery. That's why 
You have to relate to God and you before you can even board a ship with anybody. Because if you don't know you, that, for instance, I met my wife while functioning in my purpose. Literally happened. I was preaching in my own Bible study called Unplugged. The, the poet just came off the stage. The DJ's playing the music and I'm walking on stage. I sit in my chair, open my Bible and I begin to pray. Three minutes after I started speaking, who walks in through the door? My wife. At that time, didn't even know who she was. All I knew was when she walked in the door, I started stuttering. True story. I, she was so beautiful. I was like, one of them walked through? Now, I had some of them walk through before. But I, when, that, when that one walked through, I said, uh, 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 all right, so let's start over. Um, let's go ahead and pray because the devil's at work. I blamed it on the devil. This is a true story. I said, oh, yeah, the devil just, yeah, we just got to pray again. <laughs> and I prayed again. She had on this uh, white uh, tank top, uh, linen flowing dress, two ponytails. I remember what she had on. But if I didn't pursue my purpose, if I didn't knew, if I didn't know who I was, how would I even be in the proximity of her coming into my life? But I had to give myself time to develop. I had to give myself time to discover myself. If you're spending a lot of your time trying to discover someone else, then you will never discover the, the islands and the lands that God wants you to discover. Relationships means I'm on this ship with God and myself. <clears throat> and do you know, a ship goes to multiple lands, right? So this land right here, and there's a land over here, and there's a land over here, right? And you got this little old boat or ship. Your person might not even be on this land. Your person over here. But what is some of the first, what, is, what, what land must you discover before you discover your person? What land does God guide your relationship towards first? You. Then you get on the island, you be like, oh, I found me. Now I own this piece of land now. Because you heard of people that own multiple islands. So now you're on, what's the next land that he has you discover next? Your purpose. Good. <laughs> As you're sailing, you need to get all the little dots. Right? You find your purpose. Then, why is this further away than this land? There's a lot of discovery you got to do before you find your book. If you haven't found God, this is the land you should already. And then God be like, yeah, I'm on the boat with you. All right, let's go. He's going to guide you through the wind of the Holy Ghost in your sail to find you. To find your purpose, then your person. But if you jump hastily and take a beeline up here, you're not even, not even up here, but over here to find some random person. Now you got to journey all the way back through to eventually get to your boot. Because if you're not ready, it takes years to become a husband. Like, like. That's why I tell girls and guys, if you're going to be with someone, it's about where we going. If a guy just says, and I had a girl uh, talk to me and she was like, he, uh, she was dating him for a while or whatever. And then, and then the guy wanted some extra. I said, oh, he wanted extra? 
Is he willing to pay for the extra? You know what the extra is. We all know what the extra is, right? Yeah. Extra, sextra, extra, yeah. He, they, he wanted some extra. And I told her, I said, can he afford that? You know how much it costs to get that? A ring on a finger? <laughs> a wedding? <laughs> if he ain't willing to wait, then he ain't worth the wait. And so when you begin to think about that, you be like, man, I can't just jump into this thing. Because you don't want to create a life where you're trying to heal from multiple people. It says this pressure can potentially result in young people entering relationships hastily without adequate time. Adequate time means necessary time for the development of personal growth and self-discovery. It's important for individuals, especially young ones, to navigate relationships at their own pace, considering their emotional readiness rather than succumbing to the external pressures or expectations tied to specific dates like Valentine's Day. So what am I trying to say before as I close? Wasn't even intended to go this long. Is that don't allow the 14th to ruin the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, the 18th, the 19th, the 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, all the way to the whole other years of your future. Yes, you're going to feel pressured. Yes, you're going to want somebody. Yes, your Instagram is going to be bare on Valentine's Day. But I'd rather have no story than a broken heart, a part of your story. And so think about it. If you're with somebody right now, I'm not telling you break up with the person. I'm not telling you what to do. All I'm saying is, is you got to count the cost. Because if you don't count the cost, then you're going to suffer loss. Any questions, comments, thoughts on that? Just want to make sure you guys ready. I don't want you guys comparing your life to other people talking about, I wish I had somebody. Nor do I want you to be like, oh, I have to have somebody or get to a place where I got somebody as a temporary body. Because I promise you, you are God's beloved and he loves you. And if you don't allow him to fill that God size hole in your heart, then your life will be torn apart. All right, we're done.